You're listening to the Don't Suffer Like Us podcast, hosted by Kimberly Fujitaki and Thea Pichelle. Hello, welcome. I'm Thea Pichelle, and uh, Kimberly will be joining us shortly, actually. Speak of her, and there she is. Hello. Hello. Right when you're uh, starting. <laughs> I see that. I see that. I saw it. <laughs> The Podbean said total on air too, and I, but it didn't notify me you were there yet. <laughs> <laughs> the little things, guys, the little things. Yes. <laughs> so today, Kimberly and I are going to be discussing workshops because I'm going to have a workshop next week. Yes. Or not next week, on uh, February Probably. 21st. Mm-hmm. A Sunday, 11 p.m. PST, I mean, 11 a.m. PST. To 1 p.m. PST. I, I've been writing with so and working with so many people internationally. I'm like, yeah. I don't even know what time zone I'm in anymore. Yeah, it's hard to keep. <laughs> so yeah, it's called Pose and Prose: Your Body as a Metaphor, which I'm excited about. And we thought since that was coming up, it was Kimberly's idea that we discuss workshops, of which Hi. we've made quite a few. Right. And I think that, you know, a lot of people are trying to consider, like, branching out of just uh, single classes and maybe trying to offer something where people go a little bit more in-depth into a certain topic or subject. And so a workshop can be something that is helping you to level up your profession and helping you to create more revenue and also to connect with your students in a way that's a little bit more potentially more meaningful and deeper as well. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, since we're going to be hitting on the three points of um, subjects, material and marketing, to start with the subject, I would say, you know, uh, since we're going to go into different areas of that, um, there will always be people asking you to cover a certain subject. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and if it's not something that resonates with you, you do not have to do it. It's not your responsibility to um, do think do everything that people ask you to do. Yeah, um, I think that that's been a suffering point for me for sure. You know, I've I've had a lot of people ask for so many different things. You know, and then and and in the beginning, you know, I I really wanted people, you know, people's input a lot, and and the feedback is always important, but it's also what you do with that feedback that is going to be really beneficial in the long term because you can have people asking for something you know a certain subject but that's not your expertise that's not what you feel most comfortable and like lit up about to talk about you know so that might be something that you you know people want from you but it might not be exactly what you want to offer and it could even be like an extension of your class that you normally teach and people just want more. And so they'll be like, oh, you should do a two hour workshop. And then you do, and then no one shows up. So it's just important that like, when you're deciding what kind of workshops you wanna do, who is it for? And I would start with it being for like you in the aspect of what you want to create. Once you create it and there's people who are attending, it's about them. But from the inception, I would say that it has to start from for you and something that you're passionate about, that you have expertise in, that you really wish to share. Yeah, and I think that the the best workshops are are put with that in mind. You know, if you're just creating something because other people have told you that you should do it, 
um, it can be really difficult for you to actually conceptualize and like create and market that too. Um, and, and so when you're thinking about who it's for and making sure that this is something that you want to do and that's important for you um, to share your expertise, you also want to realize like, why is this useful? Why is this useful in, <clears throat> to others? You know, because that's really why people are going to end up paying for something. Yeah. They're going to find a use for it. You know, if you just say, oh, come to my two hour workshop, we're going to be doing the same thing we do in class, but I want to charge you $50 for it, but I only pay $10 for a class. Why do I have to pay? I could just buy five classes, you know, like yeah. so you have to find the, a certain use for the subject that you're using that people are going to feel like they really want to pay extra or spend extra time because time is also very precious for people as well. Mm -hmm. So to to really find the subject that makes sense and that it's useful for people um, is going to make it so that they actually purchase the workshop, which is really important. So my upcoming workshop is useful for both writers and non-writers um, because I'm focusing on the body as a metaphor. And if you think about the body as a metaphor, you know, think of some of the things that we say, my heart is broken, right? Did your heart break? No, you didn't die, right? <laughs> like, um, or even you'll hear opening of the hips. Are your hips really opening? No, you're just releasing the tension in the joint, not uh, hope, you know, not opening the hips because it would pop off. Like, <laughs> but, you know, using these, the language that we use and what it means and then exploring it through shape and then writing about it, journaling. So, you know, it's releasing tension in the body, it's releasing tension in the mind and just focusing on different areas and what kind of words come up with it, you know, come with, come with it. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's geared towards two groups, but it has a benefit for both groups. It's to release tension in the body and to release tension in the mind through exploration of concepts and shapes. Yeah. Like one of my uh, most successful workshops that I, I, I had been doing before the pandemic was called Your Yoga Family. And Your Yoga Family was a, a two-hour workshop where we would get yogis together, you know, their family members or extended family, and they would be able to practice in a space that really allowed everyone to show kind of this playful nature. And the use was to, why was it useful? It was to bring families together. It was to bring community together in a space where we could practice, you know, in a variety of ages and in a variety of, of uh, you know, bodies. And so mm -hmm. that was really helpful. And what made it kind of come all together was that we would incorporate like a snack and some socializing time and the yoga practice and games. And so it gave everybody like different ways to connect with each other and found it really, really beneficial for one another. Um, so why is it useful when we're thinking about, you know, why, what we're creating? That's a really important question for us yeah. to ask. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then we're on to material. You need to know what you're covering. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, if you've ever been to a workshop where somebody is uh, unfortunately might be, you know, there's many reasons why you might be really super nervous in the beginning. I mean, I know I was, too. But if you've been to a workshop where you feel like the person isn't prepared for what they're doing, it feels really disjointed. It's difficult mm -hmm. to, con to maintain, like, the cadence of how the class is going to go because it's, 
it feels like they're not prepared enough. And so to be prepared, you need to create materials that will help you to prepare. So one of those materials may be uh, outlining, you know, describing what it is that you're going to do during what time, time periods and being able to have a really great uh, plan together so that you know what it is that, that you're going to be going through. And it's not like, oh, I'm just doing this off the top of my head and let's just figure it out, you know, like be prepared. Mm -hmm. And I think with the more you cover something, the less preparation you need because yep. you have an understanding of it and you know what kind of way you want it to lay out. So, for example, with my workshop or any workshop I do, I usually have I give myself 15 minutes for intro and just like to get into it. Right. Like, yeah to answer any questions people may have, um, to explain the process, whatever we are doing, and then an hour and a half of, of doing whatever that practice is, and then a 15 minute close. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and that's, There's, huh, go ahead. No. So you have a timing that gives you kind of an idea of what <laughs> needs to go where. Yeah. So because I base it off of basically like 15 minute intervals, you know, mm -hmm. um, that's, I'll pay attention to the time. I do wear a watch. I'm a watch wearer. Um, that way I can hit my time points. And then if I need to drop something out, I can. If I need to add something more, I can. Um, but I find working in 15 minute increments for myself is is helpful. Yeah. And so one, oh, go ahead. It also gives you space to be able to like tweak things because even though you write your outline and you write what you're gonna do and you write whatever you think is gonna happen, it's going to be different than that when you actually get with live people. Yeah. And there's like a workshop that I've done over the years. And it's like, what kind of meditation do you respond to? And so there's three types of meditation that I'll introduce in the workshop. And it's actually the opening workshop for my yoga nidra and guided imagery teacher training. And um, normally for when I do meditations, I do intuitive meditations, meaning I talk to the people who are coming into the room and I figure out what kind of metaphor is going to resonate with them because everyone speaks in metaphors. Everyone does. And so by listening to the way that they talk, then I develop something on the spot. But that's because of years and years of practice. Um, for the opening night of the Yoga Nidra teacher training and for that workshop of how what kind of meditation resonates with you, I create three different journeys in which they are structured and they're planned so that we can have a conversation regarding what type of journeys they are and um, who responds to what, because we all respond to different language. And so because it's specific to the opening of the, the training and also to opening the dialogue, um, I use scripts, which I don't normally do. Um, like when I'm leading meditation in general, I'll have an idea of what I want to, to deliver, but base it off a conversation because I find that increases the most depth for people. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, with time comes awareness and with awareness comes the ability to plan different things. Um, you know, I don't know. That's yeah, no, definitely makes sense. I mean, I think that thinking about, what my very first workshop was and how it went, you know, it, as opposed to um, doing them more often. And then now I feel much more comfortable, especially in the certain types of uh, information like baby yoga or toddler yoga or preschool yoga, you know, or 
uh, story time yoga, like those things yeah. make it so that it's easy for me now to be really uh, <clears throat> have like some elements of improvisational, you yeah. know, workshopping. And then, but also know, you know, that there's a clear uh, path towards where we want to get to and what we want to learn. And I think that that has taken practice. And it, as, mm-hmm. as I practice my workshops more and more, they become cleaner and more efficient and, you know, feel much, much easier to deliver as well. So if you feel like yeah. you're doing your first workshop and you're like, oh my God, this is really hard, da, 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 it's okay. Cause it is hard in the beginning. At least in my experience, I felt like, you know, oh, this is a long time. Am I going too slow? Am I going too fast? What do you know? Like, and until you do it, you don't know necessarily exactly how those pieces are going to fall into place. But having yeah. a really good boundaries and really good outline and kind of knowing what it is that you, you know, working in those 15 minute intervals, it's going to help you to create something that will be able to be continuously, uh, you know, edited revise and and then you know worked through so that it feels really um really good and I just have to say you know like for me every time I'm doing a workshop or a training I get nervous yeah um and I'm like do I know what I'm doing and it's a silly thought because I do know what I'm doing I've been doing it for years um but you know so sometimes that doubt just creeps in you know like uh you know, and you just have to trust that the material you developed is is quality and good. And when I first started doing workshops, I would way over deliver, meaning I would explode people's brains, you know, because I have a lot of information. And so, you know, I would pack workshops filled with information and people can only process so much. So what I had to learn over the years is to, um, to not put so much in, right? There can be a series of workshops if you feel like there's Space a lot of a lot of content that you can cover. But um, it's always good to when you develop your materials because you don't really know what the group's going to be. Um, you can stick to a standard timing schedule, but sometimes things come up, as Kimberly and I both have experienced in life, right, where a disruption happens and you might not be able to hit all the areas that you wanted to. Or it might be that... Like no one has any questions, um, that everybody's just really into it and you're speeding along. And it's not that you're uh, you're putting too much in too fast. It's just that there's there's nothing disrupting the process. And so you might find yourself with a little extra time here or there. And so just by really developing and planning and then just having a couple things that you can put in just in case there's too much space is a really helpful thing to do when you're you know developing yeah. your material. I've also found that for me, if I have like a centering ritual before my workshop or before and I do teacher training, it's really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. So Thea um, and I drink iced tea a lot. And so mm-hmm. like even just like sitting down in a quiet space and having a tea like that will help me to be less anxious, you know, or mm-hmm. going for a walk before I have a big whatever, you know, like having these space little bit of ritual in the, in the space in front of my workshop has mm-hmm. helped me to be more uh, like focused and ready. I do not like to, I do not schedule my workshops when there's a class right before it. Mm-hmm. I need some extra space before to set up whatever it is that I need 
especially for, for kids workshops. Like if I have a lot of props that need to come out or I have a lot of things, like I cannot um, forego that space and time in the front of, of my workshop or my training because it will disrupt the uh, flow of how my workshop will go. And I've known that. I, I realized that with time, you know, that I mm-hmm. need at least 30 minutes before to prepare the space, to prepare myself, to make sure that I'm ready to go and not feel rushed or, or um, like, why aren't these people leaving, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, you know, and yeah, it, there's just so many factors to, to, you know, to figure out and, it just, I mean, right now there's so many workshops are online. So you have a little more space because you don't have to run up next to someone else who's right. who's leading something. Um, so it gives a little more freedom. Even in preparing like my <laughs> own home too, um, mm-hmm. especially for like virtual things. Yeah. You know, I have to have clear communication with my husband about yes. like, I have a class today. I need you to get out of the way. Like, (laughs) you don't get to be in the living room or you need, you need to go on the other side. Like I, for myself have to have that like ability to be like in control of what's going on before I have to deliver something um, to others, you know, and he knows that about me. Like we've known each other for a really long time. So he's all about it, you know, and on board. But I think that that's um, been something that's really helpful for me is like, if I'm having this thing, like, I need this space to do it. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's also an area of privilege for both of us, you and I both in a house. So we can send our husbands elsewhere while we're podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> or doing a video like, or, you know, because I'll do privates and, uh, both hypnotherapy and yoga. And when I do that, you know, I ask my person to go into the back of the house um, just so that, you know, it remains private. And also, you know, when he's clearing his throat or whatnot, it's not disruptive. (laughs) And you know that from your, your experience with whoever, you know, what living situation you're in. And obviously if you have kids running around and there's things like they think you, you might not have these privileges that we have, you know? And so, but just, just acknowledging like what is going on in your home, regardless of what it is, is really important if you're going to offer something to someone, you know, not over apologizing either. You don't, if you're going to, if you have kids and you're going to do a workshop, the people that know you as a teacher probably know that you have children and you can also explain that to them that this is what is going on in my home. And so at the same time, those people are going to understand because majority of those people may have those same types of, you know, may mm-hmm. have kids or dogs or whatever going on in their house too, you know? So, yeah. It's and I've heard that from like it. I've heard that from some students that have uh, taken things with me and they've taken the things with other people and they're like, yeah, you know, I saw a dog walk across and it's like, Oh, it's not mine because I don't have a dog, but they were talking about another class, you know, and I'm just using that as an example. And they're like, Oh, wow. Right. The teacher's like me. They're just a person. And they, they have these disruptions too. And, yeah. you know, I think that that's the thing is when the disruptions happen, you know, you can address it, but not focus on it and just, you know, it doesn't it's, disqualify yeah. you from 
giving a wonderful experience. You know, I think that yeah. people, especially during a pandemic, understand that, yeah. you know, certain people have certain things going on. And so therefore, it, we're all just trying to do the best that we can. And yeah. I think that that's, that's great. But, you know, um, just for me, like that space to be able to create the atmosphere for my workshop helps me to create a better workshop. And yeah, know, I know that for myself, and, and you're as you go along with their information, like you're going to know what you need to. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, moving on to marketing. So this is what I want to say before we get into the full on, full on, on marketing of the workshops is your family and your friends are not your market. (laughs) They may show up, they may support you, but ultimately they're not your students. And so uh, over relying on their commitment could be very frustrating. So it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah. Especially when you're starting out too. Mm -hmm. You know, because everybody really wants to be. And my first yoga classes, my grandma came to one of them, my sister, my dad, you know, because they wanted to support me. But they're not my students, you know, and mm-hmm. I mean, like they they are a group of people who support me and what I'm doing. But they're it's not it's different than the people who, you know, are regularly paying for an experience yeah. that I'm teaching or I'm connecting. Um, and so... We're thinking about marketing too, you know, I think Thea and I both will say that word of mouth for both of us has been obviously the best way for us to market our services. Yeah. People talk about what it is we do. Um, you know, our podcast is a kind of a form of marketing also, you know, because we're talking about what it is that we're doing and having conversation about it. And I think that that's important because it makes it easier for us to talk about it than just when you think about like, you know, yesterday was a Super Bowl in America and like paid advertisements, you know, like are your paid advertisements really bringing people into your workshops? I feel like a lot of people don't get as much return on what they're paying for it as they as they would like. Yeah, I agree. You know, so if you're running a lot of Facebook ads or Instagram, um, Twitter, then you may not be seeing the return or the engagement that you would like on marketing your workshop. So when you have a grown a base of students that have come to your classes and then they're asking for more in-depth or some other types of workshops or you think that you're ready to offer something, then that's really the group of people who is going to be the most likely to attend your workshops from mm-hmm anything that you're doing. Yeah. And, you know, moving on to when you're, you're having your workshops and there's a few things uh, that I would like to say about when uh, I grew up Jehovah's witness. And so I have no awareness surrounding holidays really. <laughs> you know, and I, I planned so many things and I was like, Oh crap, that's Easter. You know, because people Jehovah's witnesses don't celebrate holidays. I celebrate Christmas and what? Uh, Halloween. Those are the two holidays I celebrate. But the others, you know, I'm just like, whatever. Um, So I don't really know, you know, when they are. And uh, another thing is, you know, working and living in Los Angeles for so long, you also have to, if you're in that area, you have to take into consider award season. And, you know, if you're, if you live in an area with a lot of 
people into sports, you have to be aware of playoffs in games, you know? Um, so yeah, the win matters. <laughs> right. And knowing your community too, yeah. you know, like, like I had a kids yoga workshop that was right before the Super Bowl, so that people could drop their kids off and do their stuff with whatever they wanted to do to get ready and then pick them up and be able yeah. to take them, you know? So yeah. when you survey yeah. your community about when's a good time, which I think that that usually is, you know, is a good thing to do is to know when people are available to take workshops. A lot of workshops mm -hmm. happen for people on the weekends, you know, in evenings, you know, mm -hmm. for me with kids yoga, like there's a lot of different timing that I have to do my workshops too. Yeah. There might be workshops that can be really beneficial and helpful during the summertime, but then it's summer vacation. And so people are like, well, we're out of town. That's a lot of the thing is like, we're out of town, we're out of town. So, you know, don't get down. I mean, I used to do that a lot. I was like suffering for me because I would mm -hmm. be like, this is a great idea. I love it. Blah, blah, blah. And then everybody who said they would come were like, oh, we're actually going to be out of town that weekend. Just like, yeah. Oh, my God. Why? And, right <laughs> <laughs> and right now there's a lot of online things. And because there's online things, people are able to attend from all over the world. And mm -hmm. like my last workshop that I did for Pose and Pros, I had people from I had someone from Germany sign up um, and someone else expressed interest and I didn't put the uh, time zone. So that's also something you have to do is if, if you're planning on offering something online, make sure to include the time zone because there are so many time zones, you know, and, uh, and you might have to get people can get, can take your classes now because they're offered online, you know, that's mm -hmm. a great opportunity for people yeah. as well. So, you know, one of the, mm -hmm. the major oh. things about marketing too is, is highlighting the benefit of what it is that you're doing, not just the yeah. service that you're giving. You know, if, if somebody's just like, Oh, I'm teaching this yoga workshop, we're going to do poses and we're going to, you know, we're going to, have a great time. You know, that's not enough. You have yeah. to tell people why they will benefit from what it is that they're doing. Mm -hmm. Totally. Completely. I feel like so we've I really think, covered a lot in this. Yeah, this, uh, I think it's, it's important to think, you know, when you're thinking about creating something like it seems really big and like, and, and difficult to like, figure it all out. But that's also how it felt when we first started to like learn the poses and then put them into a class, you know? And so as you yeah. start to gradually put these things together, like they become easier to do. And, you know, a lot of the workshops that Thea and I have, we pump them all together to create a training, you know? And yeah. so that's how kind of like the evolution of creating classes, creating workshops, creating trainings goes because you're, you're compiling all of this information, you know, to the point where, you know, Thea used to teach a 200 hour teacher training and the yoga nature teacher training and have all of these, you know, workshops essentially, because they're pieces that have to go together to create this bigger thing. And so, you know, one little thing at a time, like start to notice what it is that is your expertise. What do you like talking about? What do you feel most comfortable talking about? And why is this benefiting the people that 
are in your community. And so then therefore, it's easy to talk about your your workshop, just like it's easy for Thea to talk about pros and pros. And it makes it so that it makes sense to people. And they're like, of course, I want to sign up for this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you're like, <laughs> I want to sign up for pros and pros, you can. <laughs> At yes, and you should. <laughs> At theapichelle.com backslash workshops. Um, yeah. I think um, I think next week, aren't we going to cover the dream? Yeah. Tell them about the dream, Thea. <laughs> the dream is the intangible. Um, basically, there's a lot of um, business coaches, um, yoga celebrities, um, network marketers, Deepak Chopra, a bunch of people um, that sell the dream, the intangible. And there's promises that aren't necessarily able to be fulfilled. And so next week, we're going to talk about dream, the people who sell the dream, how to be aware of whether you're being sold the dream and whether it's something practical or not, or if it's just something that um, it's just a service people are selling that doesn't have a practical application. Yeah. Do you concur? So, <laughs> I do. I do concur. So we hope that this works, this this podcast helped you to kind of think about a little bit of the process of creating a mark, yeah. uh, creating a workshop, and how it's not just just making it. It's a lot yeah. of other steps too to create so that you can be successful in filling your workshop. Because having a wonderful idea is one thing, but being able to actually have people experience that wonderful idea in a way that's really beneficial to them and yourself is mm -hmm. another. Yeah. So join us next week when we discuss the dream. You can follow us on Facebook at Don't Suffer Like Us. Check us out on our website, don'tsufferlikeus.com, or on Instagram with Don't Suffer Like Us. Um, because we just really want to prevent you from suffering like us. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't, and if you have any questions, you're always welcome to ask, uh, to ask them. You can ask them on Facebook and Instagram. You can also email us on our website. Um, and we have, this will be the 51st podcast. So we have <gasps> lots of other episodes for us to, for you to listen to. So we hope that all the topics that we have are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So check them out and leave us a review. And we hope to hear from you again soon. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you to our listeners. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.